Tim, how are you doing? How's everything going today? Doing pretty good. Can you hear me? All right. Yeah. How are you? Cool. Well, I'm excited because two things. One, we got Stuart in our chat today. That's very kind. And Stuart's a cool guy. <laughs> and Welcome, second, Stuart. I We're have you. a new drink. Thanks. For I got that. a new drink. I finally got. Uh, it's uh, it's called Carajillo. So it is. Liquor of, th of 34 or 43, I don't know, it's a Spanish liquor and coffee. So you have like an espresso on top. It's a very typical Mexican drink and it looks actually very pretty. So how are you doing, Stuart? You want to quickly introduce yourself? I'm on this fine afternoon, ready to talk some data. Yeah. Really so, <laughs> <laughs> well, St Stuart's our director of, of uh, sales engineering at Data.World and the cool thing about Stuart is that he's had a lot of experience in data management and data catalogs with different vendors and, and working with different people. And it's just, uh, we just started talking the other day about, well, okay. Like if you're in the sales, if you're like, you're, you're either in the sales process, but you're also kind of on the customer side is like, wait, I need to get a data catalog. I need to go do stuff with my data and I'm in the middle of all this stuff. Like people are pushing me, pulling me. I'm talking to the IT technical folks, I'm talking to the business folks. It's like, how do I do this? How do I, what does success look like and how do I accomplish success? Um, so I think that's kind of the topic of discussion here. So um, that's where we are. So glad to get, see people, see a lot of uh, friendly faces and, and new faces too. So hopefully you all stick around for the, the whole chat and, and stay around for the happy hour too. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like we're really on it from a recipe standpoint today. We all three of us have got some sort of a fancy beverage going on. We do. What's we do. yours, Tim? I've got a uh, midsummer spritz. Very fresh. It's a midsummer solstice gin with some elderflower, some uh, lemon, and some soda. Fancy, I feel so fancy. 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 <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Stuart? Uh, I did a good, oops, Corona cat cabinet digging here. This is uh, um, a little bit of a nice bottle of Pisco that my relatives brought from Peru, uh, my, my in-laws to be specific, uh, with some lime juice, some soda water. So it's somewhere between a Pisco sour and what they call a Pisco, what they call a Chilcano. Um, either way, it's lovely uh, for the afternoon. Yeah. Right. And then something I was just reminded that... Uh, we're we're on Spotify now. Like so, all the episodes of the Catalog and Cocktails, the first thirty minutes that we record them, uh, you can now listen to them on Spotify. All the past recordings are there. So uh, here's a quick link over there. So if you want to, for new folks, you can go listen to the past episodes and just kind of hear all the discussions we've had. I'm really excited about this. So every every uh, conversation going forward will will because we're recording them will be on Spotify. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, so, I'm, I'm super excited about that because, uh, you know, uh, although we've got some good regulars here and, you know, thanks, uh, thanks folks for, for coming in uh, sort of week in, week out and joining us. 
Uh, we know you can't always make it, so sometimes it's nice to have it, you know, in your in your uh, iTunes backlog or your Spotify backlog. So we want to make sure you got some other ways to access the content. Anyway, so let's let's keep this, the start of this conversation. I mean, just in the past, I mean, we've talked again about personas. We've talked about different features that a data catalog should have, like lineage. We've been talking about governance. Uh, we've talked about the knowledge graph. But I think now the interesting conversation is how do I champion a, a, a data catalog initiative, a, a data like a, a, a new data management initiative within an organization? How do you champion that? So I think that's kind of the conversation you want to go in. Um, what what are your what are, what are your tips, Stuart? I mean, we're, I mean, we've discussed this type of stuff before. Like, what's the number? What's the first thing that comes to mind about this? I got mine. I want to. I want to hear yours. Sure. So I guess the big thing for me is this, this is like anything else is about change management, right? These data activities are often some of the first major new things that these organizations are really asking uh, the people involved in these projects to do in a long time. Meaning new ways to think, new ways to behave. Um, and as we know, at a lot of companies, especially the, it seems like the larger the company, the harder it is to steer the boat uh, kind of in new directions, right? So, so getting people to take on, you know, new behaviors is really uh, sometimes akin to, uh, I was joking uh, earlier, you know, sometimes akin to, you know, putting a man on the moon. Like that's how, that's how comfortable it is for organizations to be like, we're gonna do this whole new thing with data. No, 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 not just IT, but us also on the business side. And yeah, we'll do it together. We won't just like talk about each other behind our backs. Uh, we will actually do that together and exercise some new muscles. Um, and that, I, you know, what my first one that I love to say is that, if, that moonshot, right? If you're gonna put a man on the moon, you better pick good astronauts to go with you. So if you're the person <laughs> leading the charge uh, on a data, you know, so what do we think about, you know, going to the moon? You, want, you need people who wanna go to the moon. You need people who have the guts to go to the moon, who know, uh, the risks inherent in trying this um, and, and who really see that it would be awesome to do, right? Like the, at the beginning, you really have got to find strong allies. Uh, and, and that usually means a business unit with a use case um, and, and, a, and a set of people of the mindset to go try something new, to be tolerant of, of, of the first iterations of what you do uh, and to get there. So certainly that's one of my biggest things is to, is to start to assemble that coalition and really figure out because it may not be who you think needs it the most. It may not be uh, who you or, or the, the end product that you really want to get to the most, but you really need to first get boots on the ground on that moon and you need some people to go with you, right? I mean, I think uh, that is what, what I see over and over and over again in that regard. How do you deal with the people who, who think they're the, they're, they think they're astronauts, but you're like, uh, you're really not an astronaut or <laughs> wait, let's wait for I, Apollo 25. If they think they're an astronaut one, I will take it. You know, I, I will, I will go fully with that. Um, Cause again, this is about, again, human psychology a bit. Uh, you know, you're doing the right things. Your organization is going to move in these data directions, whether it happens sooner or later, uh, it is happening, right? So, I mean, th this world is going in that direction. And I think the kinds of people that we are and the people on this call really understand that that's gonna, um, that's just inevitable. It's like gravity. So, so you know, I, flip, yeah, go ahead. I was gonna say flipping it around, then what do you do with the folks who believe that going to the moon is impossible, right? The naysayers or something. <laughs> well, don't join, you know, again, they should not be your first movers. You want, you want your first movers to be flexible in mind and really open to the adventure of trying this 
and to potentially the winning of doing it. So again, I like to think in terms of, uh, you know, another point I'm talking about is, is kind of carrots and sticks, right? Um, maybe it's a little bit indelicate. That's how you motivate maybe a donkey to move, you know, traditionally is, uh, <laughs> is, is with a carrot or with a stick, right? So, so when you think about carrots and sticks, right, it's either like, hey, you can look really good or you can get something for coming with me first is you will actually, because this is going to take off and your use case will be the one and you will look really cool and forward thinking when you do that. Um, or you will stop having to use that spreadsheet you've been using or any of the other things that are carrots to say, here's your incentive to go along. So really looking at these key people. And again, hopefully it's not 100. Hopefully it's five um, or 12, um, but five that maybe control that 12, hopefully, or will lead them to it. Um, you know, looking at what they can get from it. Um, or, you know, the stick is really saying, you know, getting management to buy in. It's really getting your organization to say, I agree with you, this is the future, and you guys need to comply and go with it, right? And we really have seen all different flavors of this. Sometimes the top gets it first. They really understand that like if they don't, you know, that their data is a massively powerful asset um, and they need to start instilling these new behaviors. And so they will give you that top-down air cover to say what we're gonna do. Um, and then you've got, you know, then the ground level kind of getting people motivated by what you, what you discover will be interesting to them. So either hopefully you know yeah. that natural alignment or you uh, can, can unearth that through talking to them. Yeah, yeah. Now that, that makes a ton of sense. And I love the analogies that you're using here because I think it helps to simplify what sometimes can be very, uh, you know, complex political environment or, you know, a place where initiatives have to go through a lot of hoops. You know, I'm, I'm kind of curious when you think of something like that astronaut ana uh, analogy, um, you know, how do you, how do you know who the right sort of, uh, lead astronaut is, you know, who is the one who is sort of your mission leader? Um, you know, is it on the business side? Is it on the technical side? I'm kind of curious what your thoughts are there. So in data, it's always a coalition, right? Because you're not going to get the, the, especially with catalogs, right? You're not going to get the integrations in, unless the technical folks come along. So you can't really get that accurate, up-to-date picture of your technology landscape without the, without the help of, of some people that can plug you in. Uh, and then you, again, you need to serve a business end. So you need a business leader on your other side who is saying like, okay, we're just not going to go through this. I'm not going to have my person, my main guy answer the same phone call four times a week for the same data. We have to go through the same rigmarole, right? We hear these things over and over and over again. So, so those are really what I'd be looking for. And then, and then it's thinking about also people's careers. Cause again, data is also currently in the marketplace acting in a very transformative way for people's careers. Because again, if you're, you know, marketing departments are pretty well structured in today's day and age and, or IT departments or whatever that case may be. Um, so the routes up and through may, you know, are, are usually pretty well defined. And as you mentioned, maybe fairly political or you're waiting literally till somebody leaves for a spot to open up, right? Whereas data can drive new groups, new teams, new initiatives, exciting new things. Um, and, and that really is, so you want to look for people who are also kind of ambitious to be thinking in that regard and not thinking about, of course, anytime there's ambition available, there's risk, right? If you're going to do something that has impact on the organization, it's going to carry risk that the whole, that the, you don't hit the moon, okay? Uh, that you, you end up hurtling through outer space. That would, you know, so, but knowing that, I mean, again, I think 
Uh, this is fully achievable stuff. It's not quite the stakes uh, I make it sound like, but that's, uh, you know, I think that's what I would think about. It's like, who's ambitious to go with me on those two fronts, but you really will always need a coalition. And again, if you can get a leader within your company who carries enough clout to give you that air cover to accomplish your first either pilot or, or whatever that is, that's really important. So, so I'm, connect, I'm connecting this a lot to a lot of the conversation we've had before on the, on the personas. So you're, you're talking about like the way to be successful is that we need to be able to go, as men, to like talk to the business and go find the champions there, talk to the IT, talk to the cha- get the champions there. This is like, who is this person? This, this is this, what we're calling this data product manager, right? This is like that persona who, who is going to be talking on both sides of the, of, of, of the aisle. Um, so, I, I mean, we've been pushing or thinking about this, like this role, the data product manager, the knowledge scientist, all this stuff. Is that, I, I wonder, right? Is that, does that go hand in hand with a successful kind of data catalog initiative that you're having, right? Do you, is the, is the champion who's pushing this within the organization and going to be successful at that and who's organizing the team to go to the moon? Is that really the data product manager? And they just don't know that that's the real role that they have. <laughs> well, I, I think a lot of times the hardest thing you could do at a company is ask for a new role to exist. So I think sometimes you have to get the success from. So yeah, again, I, I agree. To IT so and so I'm, not, I'm, I'm not saying that we should go create this role or whatever, but I think it's like organically it's like the people who are having success at this. They're actually like, if you think about it, what they're actually doing, what are their roles and responsibilities is like, you're really doing this data product management that we're talking about, right? I don't know, that, that's how I, I'm perceiving it. But what's interesting is because there's not a lot, if you're not a software company, you don't have a lot of product management kind of function, right, that you're talking about, which is that you've really identified the intersection of where additional software can help us achieve meaningful business outcomes by enabling people, right? That's, uh, Tim, I'm riffing on, on product managers. I think that's a, a fairly <laughs> safe, a safe analogy there. Uh, of what product managers do. And so I agree, but I think sometimes the fluency inside of, um, again, the business unit that's just suffering. So again, it's gonna start organically, but yes, I agree. That's kind of uh, the, the mindset uh, that you wanna take on, even if, again, if you're not on the tech side, sometimes a lot of the people that we really interact with in the, today's day and age are gonna be the liaisons, right? They're either on the business side, but they're, they really have an affinity for what's going on with data and the technical side, or they really see a way that the world could be better or should be better, uh, or they're on the technical side uh, and they're trying to kind of bring the business forward into the future, even though, again, that might require some change management. It's usually somebody close to those borderlands that is going to be the person that's taking it on, right? Yeah, I, mean, I think that's a really good point, and I think that's where it ties a lot to product management. And, and don't worry, you were doing product management good justice there. Uh, and, you know, I, I think that that liaison person, when you think about product management, a lot of times maybe they're more engineering or technical oriented, but they have the ability to bridge into the business side, right? Or they have the, you know, that business acumen, maybe they come from more of the marketing or the sales side and they can bridge into that technical side, right? Um, so, uh, you know, agreed. I think a lot of times, you know, that idea doesn't exist explicitly in these different companies, but people who are willing to put that hat on and reach out to different parts of the organization seem to be better astronauts and maybe even better lead astronauts. Yeah. I, 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 I think these, these um, identifying these types of, of, of people within the organization 
my bet is that if we look at them, they're going to be this, this, this data product manager. I mean, that's my guess. I mean, that's really my bet. When I think about it, the way we've been doing enterprise data integration has just been the same old way with the same people. And we really need to structure things differently. And I think this is, this is, this is, this is the key difference. We all talk about, we need to go talk with both sides of business, but how do you actually do this? I think it's part of like, let's actually bring up the, let's set up this role. And, and I think once we do this uh, with, with, I mean, it'll come out organically. I think that, that, that I see that's how, that's my bet, how this is going to start kind of moving forward. Um, and then now there, there's another thing that I was thinking about is how do we avoid, again, my comment all the time is let's not boil the ocean. Like how do we, how do we start small, make do pilots that can, that we can actually achieve, be successful at it, but also balancing the, Everybody wants to, I need to see everything. I need to see everything. I need to get all the data into whatever, right? Like this whole balance was like, yes, yes, you do need to, but at the same time you don't like, and because that seems to be like the big rock in your shoe. Yeah. Well, and that's why I like the idea of the pilot that is truly what that is meant to mean, a pilot. That's why I said astronauts and not find the right red army, right? Like you're not trying to, to bring everybody all at once, you will end up at some watered down loss of what that could truly mean. So with a pilot, and again, this is where the coalition matters, or at least thinking like one does. Because if you are overly biased on tech, what you will do is something really interesting technically that will not resonate with the business. If you're over biased on the business side, you will do something, you know, you'll kind of run aground trying to make it look real world and you will get kind of pegged a thousand times by, um, by is this really feasible at scale and all of those things. So what you want to do is really come to um, an outcome, again, an achievable outcome in a rational amount of time where everybody's not going to get pulled onto the next fire sale project. So you need to have something you can deliver in a quarter or something like that so that you can really, um, again, time is, time is everything. And, and, uh, and it's associated to the business value. I mean, that's the key thing is that you're talking to the right people who, who, who have that key pain point that you want to go show either it's something that you, that we have not been able to do before and we finally got it done, or it's something that it's, we can do it today and we can measure the cost of it. And now yeah. we are able to go do that much better, faster, whatever. And we can measure the cost and see the difference. Like, oh, wow, we've got this better. We, we did improve, right? And then we, we need to be data-driven too on, we, we must be data-driven too on how we're measuring success. Not just, mm, ah, that seemed good. Right. I call it obvious, right? It needs to be obviously beneficial. Because again, even the astronauts that you get on your initial pilot team, it has to have some obvious value even beyond them so that you have that show pony to trot around the office and say, look what we've done. Wouldn't you like to get involved, right? With, if you everybody do, loves ponies, right? Everybody loves ponies. <laughs> yeah, everybody. I mean, we got donkeys and ponies and all kinds of fun stuff in this, in this session. Uh, you know, would it, you know, it's one of those like infomercials, like wouldn't you too like to have a life like this? Like that's a little bit of what you need uh, and where I've seen people be successful. I mean, even just saying, um, you know, we just have a searchable place now that is one place rather than this SharePoint site, this shared drive, this document, this person that knows everything that happened before 1999, you know, whatever those things are, uh, to really bring that into a central place and to start to think like we need a town square to look at this, talk about this, uh, engage with this, 
Um, that is really the key moment. So you need something that makes that obvious to go, ooh, well, what if I don't like their definition? You go, that's a great point. Why don't we go ahead and just type a quick comment there uh, or, or push a button to give feedback and then, or to suggest a change. And then we'll go from there, right? You're not emailing 20 people. It's not another uh, message, you know, in Slack or Teams or something like it is happening in real time. And just that first visual will really uh, start to give a tangible thing for you to champion to say, I can do, I did A, A was possible, we achieved it, we landed on the moon. It's a good Jim Carrey line. Uh, you, you know, you can say we landed on the moon and then you could say, now here's what else I would want to, you know, here's what else we can tackle with a little more focus, research, yeah. you know, things like that. Now, now let's go to Mars or whatever, right? We can, <laughs> we can set our sights somewhere else. How far can we take this analogy? I love um, it. You know, really <laughs> um, I, I really love where this is going and, uh, you know, one of the things that makes me think about and realize is that, like, uh, you know, I think when we think about champions, sometimes we think of them as sort of the process leading up to kind of selecting a vendor, right? Um, but a lot of times that pilot process and actually starting to do your first use case, you're still on your journey, right? You're still, you're, you know, maybe you've gotten enough sort of uh, folks internally interested and you've got some budget and things like that to do that pilot. But now it's like, okay, let me go end to end with business value and let's start to do that roadshow now where we can go to different business units, we can go to different groups, we can, we can show stewards what their experience is going to be, we're going to show sort of the end users, the analysts, what their experience is going to be. Um, you know, is, is that just as critical to that sort of that, that championing process and does it, does it really kind of have to continue all the way through, through that until you know, forever, you know, like, I, I don't, I don't think it, there's ever a point where with your data catalog, you're like, okay, we're done. We've, we've solved the data problems. There's, there's nothing else now for us to do, right? No, what, what you hope that evolves into, I think you're, you're really right, Tim. Is that Star you, Trek. Is like a, is, <laughs> <laughs> yes, galaxy far, far away. Uh, what, what it, what it evolves into is like, a, it's kind of a center for excellence, right? Tim, kind of naturally, now, as you do this road show, you're this center for excellence. And then maybe you're planting seeds. I'm, I'm not gonna do, I'm not gonna take any other planetary metaphors. You're, 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 you're planting seeds, right? For other maybe smaller departmental centers of excellence. Because again, data catalogs don't require like a thousand people in there every second of every day, right? If you're doing them correctly, if you're setting them up for success, um, you know, the focus kind of really moves around, right? It's kind of like why we have um, a timeline feed, like feed, right? So, because data really happens in these, ooh, the focus has shifted to how are we responding to COVID and what data do we have around that and how is that affecting our, our orders or how is that affecting our costs or whatever, the, or our supply chain. Um, and so data really moves like a spotlight around your organization. It's not this linear boil the ocean path, right? Um, so again, you shouldn't be having to update, once you get control and some consensus, and some visibility to these things, you shouldn't have to be tending to it every single day. I think people get that stuck in their minds. Um, it's really, there's a lift effort, and then there's a steady state effort, and those have very different dimensions um, once you've stood up the catalog. So I do think it is, Tim, back to your point, a journey where you start with just trying to figure out the intersection of what I want versus what's possible versus with how much money, cooperation, carrots, sticks that I have available to me. Um, and then you really want to kind of lay out that game plan to say, okay, we can make this achievable milestone. I will take that to these other teams. Um, and again, I, I know it sounds almost like a big scheme, but really that's the, 
again, to create change within cultures, to ask people to do new things at work. It's like one of the hardest things on earth. New things at work. Um, you really have to be thoughtful about how you do this. So if you're like, hey, I am technical and I buy this and I love it, um, but I'm not good at culture. Like I'm not a political animal. I don't understand what these teams are even thinking about half the time. Then you know, part of your coalition is going to need to be somebody who understands how to navigate those channels. I'm. I really like this idea where you say like a center of excellence. Yeah. So I think. So th I mean, and I, and I've been socializing this with a lot of people and, and think about it. You you want to have things that are centralized and you want to have things that are decentralized. And I think as in a center of excellence is where you want to kind of like centralize your, your key core metadata, the most important stuff that people are going to go use or are we going to search for. Right. And then at some point there's like, there's a long tail and all that stuff will be on the decentralized, we completely decentralized. Yeah. And then things start changing. You start tracking down, Oh, look, this other new thing is starting, it starts to get used. And then that, gets boiled up to become part of the core metadata, right? I mean, I've always mentioned it's like, if, if nobody should ever redefine in their schema what is a first name or a last name or an email, right? That should be well-defined, period. And we should ideally should get well-defined. Exactly, once. And then somebody else is going to uh, create a new application. They have to go create, well, they're gonna go reuse that metadata, create that schema. Or there's an existing legacy system that I want, I want my data to be used within the organization. Well, guess what? The best way to go use it is map your data to the core metadata model that we have. And obviously you're the owner of the data. You're the best person to go create that mapping. So you don't want to go in a centralized way. We're the central organization that does all the data integration. No, you want to distribute that. But what you do want to centralize is like the core metadata that's, that, that's, that's really important. And so I'm, I like this idea like of, of, of a center of excellence of, so of data. I, just to build on your point, Juan, you know, what, what, you're, what I really think about it is like kind of moving the, the, the capabilities within your organization. So you, you start off as like, you will need data.world to partner with you, to explain to you how to best, how, the best practices that we know and have learned over the years of setting up exactly how you want to structure this catalog. And then eventually, hopefully that initial team starts to take on that. So as you have a center of excellence now, that's actually your first line of response is that people are calling your center of excellence as you disperse the capability, right? They're calling internally to say, and that way that team is also collecting the knowledge and gaining their own footing to say, well, guess what? Here's how we help the last team. So internally it plays very much the same way. Um, and that really allows you to kind of grow that capability without you having to be, you know, vendor reliance and things like that, that people, uh, you know, of course. And then when you say, ooh, we have a whole new use case, well now let's engage our partners at data.world again and let them come in and say, Ooh, that's an interesting one. Let's let's talk about how we tackle that challenge, right? So it's really just moving the expertise as you learn, right? From a from a maybe we do it at first to then we are partnering doing to then uh, you're doing and just calling us for what you need, right? And that's a really powerful way to kind of again advance the maturity of your organization. Yeah, well, and it feels like it, it fits in with the whole not boiling the ocean approach because. Um, you know, I, I think this this ties very closely also to like data literacy as well. When like people think about data literacy, it always feels so daunting because there's so much of the organization that they're trying to convert and get sort of looped into this this process and looped into this know-how. Um, and if you can think of it a little bit more like, hey, we're going to train, uh, you know, these people, we're going to enable these people. And then they're going to become the experts. They're going to become on the inside loop of this. And then they're going to train the next set of people. Um, you start to think about more how you can be iterative uh, with sort of 
not just your data catalog, but maybe, you know, governance more general. Uh, I know that, you know, when we, when we start to think about agile governance as a concept at, at data.world, and we've been posting some more blog posts and things about that topic lately, um, we've been thinking about what are these loops that you can form, right? Where it stops looking like a waterfall, it stops looking like, hey, governance is like a, a line from A to B, that actually, no, it's actually a loop. It's a process that is constantly refining on itself. And ideally you're building that knowledge and you're building that capability up and up and up. Yep, I completely agree. And, and, and we, and again, the reason we love that agility piece also is because to get this, this wheel really rolling, you want that barrier to entry at the beginning to be really low, right? Yeah. So one of the common mistakes I've seen is people are like, Let's make this form based. That'll make it easy. We'll make it a worksheet and they will just fill it out exactly how we want. And the first thing that people do is start complaining that you don't have part of that worksheet or part of that form for them. So then, then you know, what you really want this to be is conversational. You want to say, have you done any defining of data? Okay, let's just bring that in as it is, as, as simple as we can. Um, even if we put it all in a transparent about what we have. Because as soon as you get to transparency, you have tangible things for your, you know, it starts to populate the town a little bit. So you can start to look at what you have. It starts to go, whoa, 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 you guys also have a definition of that data and you have your own view that has different data. And I don't, am I supposed to use that data or that data? Like those are the conversations you want. Then you start governing. Yeah, that's, and people think that you can only start once you have a clean definition. Like we can't release this. And it's like, no, let's actually get this out because guess what? We thought there were three, but when we put people together, we actually have seven. And it's a good thing that we found out about the, the seven definitions. And then we get people talking together about this, right? So there's this whole notion is like, oh, we've got to keep it all guarded and, and, and we can't get people into it. It's like, no, we've got to do, go change this. And I'm seeing Juan Carlos here give, asking questions. The topic I see him is data culture. Like, how do we change the culture of data? And I think this is actually culture. It's Oh, no, 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 I'm protective of my data. I can't release it. I'll release it once it's perfect, right? And, and well, it's never going to be perfect. You're never going to release it. And it's barrier. I agree. Yeah. And, and this ties back to product management again, right? Because like you can learn Scrum, you can learn how to do these processes. But in the end, if you're always scared of shipping code, you're never going to be agile, right? You have to ship it. So you, you really have to have, I mean, it's agile, we call agile data governance. Ultimately, it's like agile data management, the same way we do software engineering that way. But I mean, I think that's, that, that's the point of view that, I think we all agree that, at least that's our point of view here, is that we really need to be agile about things. I told you, Stuart, that 30 minutes is going to go by so fast, right? <laughs> we're, we're, that's it. So, but I just want to kind of, a couple of things to, 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 to wrap up or just to summarize, like the whole uh, astronaut analogy, right? You want to bring the best astronauts, the best people. We're going to the, we're going to the moon. So you want to go find those astronauts, people who, are, who, who want to be astronauts, who understand the risk, who want to go to the moon with you. Um, you talked about the cares and the sticks, right? Go make rewards and maybe a stick. Like it's top down <laughs> to go do that. Um, you talked about careers, like this is going to impact people's careers. Uh, we talked, I really like this thing about the center of excellence that came out. I, I think that's a really, really good idea. Um, any other final takeaways? It's been a really good discussion. Uh, I encourage everyone to keep up a good fight. It is, uh, it's not always uh, easy. Um, and some cultures are more easily malleable than others, but it's, uh, it's worthwhile. Because like we said, this is where the world is going. Data is ruling the world already. Um, and you can't do something different uh, unless you try, you know, unless you really try to think differently about it. So good Great. luck everyone out there.
Well, hopefully everybody will stick around for the happy hour. And, and uh, thanks, Stuart, for, uh, for being here today. I enjoyed the discussion. Thanks, guys. Yeah, thanks, Stuart. Thank <music> you.